this is Fiona Cuthbertson coming from the pod to record another episode of Off the Cuff. This week we're lucky enough to have Maria Machankosis. Maria is the Chief Executive of Midlands Connect, the sub-national transport body for the Midlands. Involved in rail for 25 years, she's worked across regions and nations to help rail in the UK maximise its potential. Under her leadership at Midlands Connect, they published their first landmark 25-year transport strategy for the region to progress a range of infrastructure programmes, including the £1.5 billion flagship project Midlands Rail Hub, and have worked on policies to ensure the region's potential is maximised through technology and innovation. Maria was rewarded Outstanding Contribution to Transport by the Transport Times in 2019. Welcome, Maria. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Fiona. Brilliant. And first of all, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you ended up as CEO of Midlands Connect? Okay, so we're going to go back almost 20 years ago when I arrived to this wonderful country from Spain. I was in Valencia finishing a law degree. I live very close to the port in Valencia City, so I was quite fascinated about all that trade and all those shippings coming in and out of the city and the port. And I decided I wanted to go into that world of transport. And I was advised that if I wanted to go and do a very good job as a barrister in the world of transport, I needed a master's or something like that. And I was advised to come to Cardiff University in Wales, where they do specialise in international transport. I had a great year and as it happened, I also met my my husband now and I decided to stay in the UK. Very quickly when I finished my master's, I realised law was not quite the same here. So I found my first job in Herefordshire dealing with transport, but that was community transport. And very quickly, Herefordshire Council told me to go to the city and get a proper job. In the railways. And I was delighted that the West Midlands welcomed me straight away, working with the the then Passenger Transport Executive Central. And from then onwards, my career has all been about not so much about the engineering side of the railways, but actually how you plan transport in a manner that is much more integrated with the housing, with economic employment opportunities of the areas. And he moved on to master planning activities, negotiating with private sector on new construction plans. And then HS2 came. Then very quickly, the region wanted to know how we could connect to this massive, massive opportunity that HS2 is and still is for the, for the Midlands. And since then, that was it. Connecting to HS2 was not just locally. It was about bringing the whole Midlands together. And the leaders tasked me to set up Midlands Connect. And that's been it. A journey that is never dull. I never get tired of talking transport on railways. So important for the Midlands and for the country as a whole. And how have you found working in a male-dominated industry? And what's the hardest challenge you've had to overcome there? When it came to planning and policy... Women, when I arrived in this country, were already entering that space. So it was dominated by male, but it wasn't as much as I thought it would be. But the moment you start engaging very quickly in the planning and the delivery and construction side of the railways, yeah, we still have got a lot of work to do in that space. And and the most important thing is to think about how can you do better and, and make it more attractive. I don't think is the industry not welcoming women. I think it's the awareness of the industry and the sector. I personally have never felt I was in in an uncomfortable environment. It was more about how can we make it more attractive for a diverse and for women in particular to look at transport, not just from the engineering side, 
because it brings in much more wider range of areas of, uh, you know, policy to digital, to customer services, to marketing information. There's just so much to it. So yes, there's a lot of work to be done yet when it comes to delivery and front end side of delivery of railways in this country. And that does lead nicely into my next question, which is what work is being done to change the demographics of workers within rail? Here in the Midlands, great organisations like the Rail Forum who are doing huge amount of work with the schools because the point about changing perception is by the time you get to universities or people getting to the adulthood, it's, it's probably too late. The perceptions about the opportunities in life is already being discussed uh, in some shape or form. Offering and, and raising awareness of the huge opportunities that rail industry bring right from the very early stages of a, somebody's life in, in early in primary and secondary schools. So trade organizations like the Rail Forum are doing a lot of engagement in that space. We also got women in rail fantastic bodies that are encouraging a bit more things like mentoring, awareness of uh, careers, the different types of careers you can take in the rail industry and promoting those far more. But also we as women have got a very important role and in Midlands Connect, this idea of mentoring and supporting colleagues and reaching out to other types of industries in energy and others to work with us. And hopefully that also has that trickle effect and, and increases the awareness of the opportunities of the, that rail has to offer. So what advice would you give to any women looking to go into rail? Don't feel like you have to be part of the sector and there's a model in it. I think what the rail industry will benefit more and is in desperate need of is new insights, new ways of thinking, new cultures. So for a woman to be empowered to say you can really change the way people and goods are going to be moved in the future in this country and make them realize that actually what the decisions they will make, how they will participate in the rail sector will have seriously direct impact on the people out there and the industries and businesses of the area. And for them to inform and shape that is very, very exciting. And if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Actually, you know, you mentioned the Midlands Rail Hub. I'm very pleased to have been involved in the thinking and the shaping of Rail Hub right from the beginning. Perhaps is my point that we shouldn't really look at schemes just because they're railway and they're amazing projects. I think what thing that I would like to be remembered is I helped bring the East and the West Midlands together. You know, 21 authorities coming together because they care for the railways and they really want to help shape government's thinking in how the Midlands will connect with the rest of the country and with each other. East and West in particular is something that I'll be forever very proud of. You talk about bringing the East and the West together. It is absolutely true that transport is quite fragmented at the moment. So what needs to happen to ensure there is consistency in service? and that there is that lack of fragmentation. Network integration is really important. I think we're still, either because of the way the funding streams have been set out by government, by treasury, the way they make decisions, is all still very fragmented. We need to start looking at planning for the network as a whole, how it links with not only railway linking with the railways, how railway links with roads, how railway links with buses, once you get to that last mile, what happens afterwards? Things like, you know, Midlands Connect hopefully are helping bring in the national highways, the network rails, the local authorities come together and hopefully do a bit more joined up. People just want those journeys to be seamless. Their journey never stops and finishes on the runway. So we've got to do much better. 
And what issue is the most important for rail in the Midlands? There is obviously a big debate in the Midlands about HS2. HS2 is still happening in the Midlands. We are still having the section between London and Birmingham being built. So it's how we make that sure that program is delivered really, really well. East-West connectivity remains a major, major priority for us. So that's what the Midland Rail Hub is so important. And we know and we hope government is committed. Network North announced Rail Hub as the big program that government was going to support. But it's about the time that takes for these schemes to come into fruition. So from the moment that they become a concept to the time that they get delivered, we're talking 20, 30 years So we need to keep pace and make sure that these programs get delivered very, very quickly. And by the way, we also got the Coventry, Leicester, Nottingham, another East-West connectivity program that is very important in the Midlands. So East-West connectivity keeps coming back as the big priority for the region. And how are you going to ensure that those in the industry are going to be able to feed into the decision-making process? I think we're going to have to make sure that they do much more than perhaps they've done in the past. We need to really change the way we go about delivering major infrastructure in this country. It takes far too long in the planning, let alone in the delivery. So we really do need that input, that intelligence from the private sector that tells us and guides us into how things can happen quicker. What levels of confidence they need to ensure that those projects get delivered on time and budget. And I think we need to get better and better at getting the industry to really help the thinking in government when they make those final decisions. So they put the needs of the private sector and the real industry at the heart of it all, not just focus on government procedures and government processes. You know, they need to understand what is the impact overall on the industry too. Yes, you mentioned government processes. We know that working cross-party in politics is often key to getting change. So how do you manage this process, considering you have a collaboration agreement with the government? I am extremely, extremely lucky that the leaders of the Midlands, of all colours, understand that when it comes to strategic transport infrastructure, you need to work collaboratively cross-party because the delivery and the planning of these schemes go well beyond a political circle. So you need to understand and you need to engage with all parties, make sure that they understand the importance and the significance of this scheme. And that, frankly, most important is to keep that consensus on all the leaders in the Midlands remain totally in agreement that actually having one voice, having a prioritised package of interventions, that they can all reach out to government to secure that investment is far better than all of them working on their own with different views and different priorities. You mentioned that working with other organisations is key. So how do you work with other organisations like Transport for the North? We're in the Midlands of the country and our connections to the North, the South, connections to Wales, they're all very, very important. And in fact, all of the national infrastructure crosses the Midlands and it sits within the Midlands. So no matter where you are in the country, you cannot go over the Midlands, you cannot go under the Midlands, you've got to go through the Midlands. And so our relationship with the rest of the country is actually part of our DNA. The Midlander gets it. You know, we want to be connected to every part of the UK and the North in particular is really important to us. 
We got very good connections to London, the southwest. There's a lot of arterial routes going up and down. How we link to the great cities is still very important to us. So we will work with Transport for the North to see how best we can do that, how we can work with Network Rail and really show the benefits of linking better the towns or cities of the Midlands to the north and make a good, strong economic case for it. We also really care about how we access those ports and international gateways. We represent in the Midlands 22% of exports in England. We care about taking those goods to sea so they can export and therefore connections to the ports. That's another area that we work with Transport for the North and new areas of collaboration. In this world, when we're talking about EV technology or green technology, decarbonisation, we've got to collaborate. We cannot duplicate. So there's a really lot of good work that we're doing with Transport for the North and indeed other national transport bodies on how we share information, how we share data so we can help our local authorities make much more informed decisions about the way forward, particularly, as I said, with these new technologies that we're all trying to get a grip with, you know, hydrogen trains versus EV and, in, and, and all sorts of debates that's going on at the moment. There is a lot of change within rail priorities. People have different opinions about what matters most. So what, in your opinion, does the government need to concentrate on? Every type of transport, every mode of transport is being built here in the Midlands. So you go from Rolls-Royce developing new hydrogen technology for airspace, bodies like Alstom and others developing new technology for the trains, biomodes, also electric hydrogen trains as well. You've got companies like Toyota, Jaguar Land Rover, you've got Bentley, all of them developing EV and hydrogen technology. And you've got JCB developing hydrogen diggers is really so diverse. So we're very lucky to have that expertise on new technologies and new alternative fuels in the space of transport. And what they're telling us is don't just choose one. At the moment, we need to develop all these different technologies because they will serve different transport modes. And the transition for all of those technologies is not going to happen just at once. It's going to be a transition period that will take 10, 15 years. So in the Midlands, it's very important, we definitely get it, that we provide a range of solutions to allow for industry and private sector to evolve, to get better, and to always have the certainty that the infrastructure at least will be there for them to innovate and progress. And what do you think is the most positive change the government has made in transport policy? One of the things that we definitely welcome was the rail reform agenda. We don't know what a new government might want to do, but just acknowledging that the railways need serious consideration is really important. There's also a debate about how that links to devolution. And that's, again, something that we have really welcomed, that emphasis on local devolution. We, Midlands Connect, acknowledge and support local devolution trailblazers that's happening in the West Midlands. And hopefully will also happen in the likes of these Midlands Combined Authority and Lincolnshire, which are all emerging as we speak. And the whole agenda around the transport decarbonisation plan, because that brings a new dimension to how we go about planning transport. How do we invest more in the electrification of the railways? How do we accelerate the replacement of rolling stock? All of those things are really good policy levers. We now obviously need to get them into action. Politics has changed quite a lot with the rise of social media. Has that changed how you work? 
Oh, definitely. We cannot ignore social media in terms of how we use social media. Usually it's the, the typical approach, or we use it just to inform and communicate what we do and raise awareness of what activities. But we're now getting into that space that we're using it more for testing ideas, suggestions with a much wider range of audience that we probably would have had in the past when we use consultation methods that was just basically putting it out on the website or, or whatever particularly with young generations, the young people, really important in terms of their views, feel about investment in, in railways, what we should consider mostly in terms of connections, how do they feel about railways in the rural phase rather than just the cities, you know, the integration with the buses and so on. So, so we can definitely use it in a much more creative and a more advantaged way in terms of understanding where the public is feel about the railway. It's so much potential. So yes, definitely change how we engage with people how we seek views and what will you be pressing on the new government of whatever color that they need to do within the first 100 days of taking office you know that's a very good question because we all kind of accepting that the new government whoever that might be is going to face a very tough time in terms of constraints in terms of budgets and economic challenges and how as a country we're going to have to deal with also the whole international challenges that we're already experiencing so one of the things that will be very good is for any new government not to pause and review and restart a whole thinking about what we need to do with the railways and particularly in those investment programs that are already on the way so my plea would be those schemes that are about just to start that have taken at least 15 years in the making just help support those programs, support those uh, agencies that have worked so hard and then concentrate on prioritizing the next pipeline. And this is really important because if you keep pausing, rethinking, dithering, nothing happens. And at the moment, what most people need is clarity and certainty on what's going to happen. So it would be really great if government could say, right, we looked at the pipeline. These are the ones that we're going to go for in the next five years. We will make efforts in identifying the next round of pipeline, but we're not going to challenge it. Just let's get on with that. And I'm sure that would be much welcomed by all of us, but also the rail industry, which at the moment need a lot of certainty on what's going to happen when. Absolutely. It is all about certainty and visibility of projects and work. So how are you going to work with the government to achieve this? So from a Midlands Connect perspective, we will make sure that we present to go new government. These are the programs that we want to continue to, we want your support. So for instance, you know, back to our flagship program, Midlands Rail Hub, really good place, cross-party support, about to get to the stages of delivery, please back it and let's, so we can all start delivering SASP. The same with other programs like the Coventry Leicester, Nottingham proposals and the Birmingham Black Country Shropshire proposals. From our perspective, we'll hopefully make it easier for them to understand which are those priorities that will make the most for the Midlands economy and for supporting our, our growth in the next five, six years. And what do you think the world will look like in five years' time? In five years, not 10 years, in five years' time. Oh, 10 years. <laughs> How about five That's years? Very... How about five I years think... and then 10 years? <laughs> no, no, um, it's a great question. I like the five-year challenge because a lot of people are very good at telling you the vision of the long term and what we would like to see. But five years is, is long enough. I think we're going to see definitely a shift into focus more on making the most of what we got rather than keep building new stuff. 
and therefore that will give you know is their maintenance the renewals but in light with climate change you know how we make sure the infrastructure is better with flooding and how you bring the green the innovation into all of that you know how you do the retrofit with using the latest innovation and that's a challenge in its own right but can bring huge opportunities in terms of the type of skills and jobs that that will be needed to do that and finally what gives you the most hope for the next generation the next generation is great you know i got as it happened to children, they're all well into the teens now. And the way they look at how they travel, it's all about options. They just want options. They don't just get fixated on the car. It used to be, you know, this obsession about ownership of a car. I think the new generation about as long as I have got access to information so I can make my choices and I got those options about how to travel. So that's a new mentality that we need to tap into and we need to really work with in terms of how we're going to present travel options. And railways is part of that. But this is my point about integration. They will not look at the railway in isolation and the whole door-to-door journey and all the options that they will get through the digital platform. How does the railway feature in that? So I got a lot of hope because there will be always if there's a better option, I will use that. And railways have to make sure that they are the better option. Well, thank you, Maria, for coming today. It's been most interesting to hear about what you feel is needed to ensure that the UK rail industry adds all it should to UK PLC. And thank you to the listeners who've hopefully enjoyed the show as much as we've enjoyed making it. If you have any questions regarding the podcast today, please feel free to comment. If you think it's worth coming back, please like and subscribe. If you feel you need something to tide you over to the next podcast, please buy my book Party Games on Amazon. And on that note, I'll see you next time. Hope you have a good week, one and all.